Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. But here's my number. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and um, an intriguing show to look forward to tonight. Is it? <laughs> that's sort of rib, like, is it? Looks alright. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's I, a couple of alright. There's the. Yeah, hey, tell you what, there are two guys on this show who I think are fantastic, and are really looking forward to watching them wrestle. One because he doesn't get enough opportunities to do it on his own. The other because I think he's cut out for unbelievable things in this promotion. Yeah. Let's make an agreement, in fact. It's a bank holiday here on Monday in the UK. If this show is blow away great, we'll come in on Monday and review it. See you on Tuesday, Sid. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fine. It's, it's going to be, be like, exactly. It's going to be a seven. There's been a string of sixes and 6.5s out of 10. This, if it hits its ceiling, is a seven. Yeah. Do I... Do I do cartwheels about sevens? No. I didn't get the chance to talk to you about this because I was uh, away for the Dynamite review yesterday. All fine, nothing serious. Um, But I have to say, I don't know whether I just noticed it more this week or what, Excalibur's rundown was preposterous on Dynamite. I think it's got to be an in-joke at this point. It has to be an in-joke. Like a little rib. Can you do it in this amount of time? Yeah. Because it doesn't, it's not something that's like impressive, but like not like necessarily good. Mm. Like, if I like, no, it's the best analogy I can come up with here. Like watching someone do a thousand keepy ups. Yeah. It's like, obviously, that's really good. Bored now. Yeah. And is it that good a use of your skills <laughs> and time? The Excalibur thing is, like, I'm impressed by it when he manages not to stumble over his words. But I don't take it in. No. I'd rather just let the... Oh, oh I'm going to see that, am I? Yeah. It's pointless what they ask him to do. It's pointless. It's a very much a sort of scattergun approach, isn't it? If you'd have said this week on Rampage, you know, and I know they had a little video package and stuff for it, but like Ricky Starks and Sean Spears get their hands on those bloody Bullet Club gold lads and they're going to kick the shit out of them. And that's, that's your hook. Other stuff's happening. But that's your hook. I think that works far cleaner because I, I just sort of glaze over now. I go, oh, cool, we're going to the shouting about everything that's going on this week and next week and sometimes pay-per-views and sometimes Ring of Honor. And All I'm listening to is I'm listening out for him to stumble on his words. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> anticipating the matches, looking forward to the matches that have just been revealed to me. It's a complete waste of time. Mm. It used to be one of my favorite things. I hate to keep ganning on about AEW and what it used to be and how much more I used to kind of like it, even though, yes, it's pretty still great at its peak. I think I'm talking right, about the overall a, vibe. I think there's a general lethargy towards the product that I've seen, not just from yourself, but from other fans as well. Other members of the media as yeah. well, other fans. I just think, I, like, I used to buzz 
I couldn't wait for the... Sometimes I used to... Because I was so in love with the habit of watching it, the vibe of the promotion, like the conversation surrounding it, just the fan experience that I used to look forward to. Oh, what's coming next week? That Excalibur rundown, every time he did it before the main event, I used to get as hyped as that before as some of the best main events I was about to see within a minute, mm. just to have something to look forward to the next week. What's a bit grim now that I come to think of it, Willborn, is that I haven't had the buzz about oh, what's next week. And I'm not saying that Tony Khan has run out of matches. I'm not saying that he can't just, on occasion, just whip something out. That'll be, oh my God, I can't wait for next week. But that feeling has kind of gone away a bit for me. Mm. I think it's a fair assessment. Um, you know, like you say, there's still possibilities, obviously, to have great matches. You look at that roster, it's kind of hard, diff- kind of hard to have bad matches with some of the people on there. Uh, and they can still chuck in the odd surprise. Roderick Strong, all elite. Didn't see that one coming whatsoever until it happened on Wednesday. I said this a million times at this point. I'm stunned that I know that WWE didn't really rate Roderick Strong internally that much. Hence, why he was never on the main roster. Why he was kind of. I think I read. I could be wrong. That he might have even been offered a player coach. Deal. I heard that. Yeah, but they wouldn't let him go either. So if, in fact, he did request his release, which I have heard that he did. Um, so I'm just surprised that they, knowing everything we know about WWE, why they didn't. Mm. Yeah, I've come to the terms of his release. They must have known this was coming. Just like, they like to spoil the fun. One more piece of that undisputed era jigsaw to fall. And I mean, <laughs> <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Look, he's got a bit mental, hasn't he? Bobby yeah. Fish. I don't think it would have been that remote a possibility were it not for the fact that CM Punk's coming by. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I he, think he went, he went scorched earth on Punk. Like scorched earth when he decided I wouldn't want anything to do with it. But then again, they always work. One works dynamite, one works collision. I mean, not like... It's one thing to accommodate CM Punk. <laughs> I don't think we need to accommodate Bobby Fish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, often we criticise Rampage because... It's incredibly predictable, Sige. Mm-hmm. Tonight, you know, we'll put it to the test because naturally limitless are in action. And, <laughs> and what could possibly go wrong there? Uh, look, this is going to go one of either, what, two or three ways, Max? They beat Jobbers and then cut a post-match promo. They beat Jobbers and then they are interrupted on the screen by Swerve Strickland. And then when... Keith Lee and Dustin are facing the screen as Swerve Strickland cuts his God. promo. The Mogul Embassy? Yeah. Attacked him from behind. It would be a pretty unique way of doing getting some heat on them. <laughs> I haven't done seen it. that for uh, two days. Yeah. Two days. <laughs> or um, Swerve comes to the entrance, cuts a promo on Keith Lee. Then it happens. Is that too cynical? No, I, I think you're exactly right. It's like looking at a grey cloud and thinking, might it rain? <laughs> There's someone on the Tron. Might there be an attack from behind? Do you know what I'd like to see? And this is maybe hope more than expectation, Sige. Is they're fighting a team. They're not necessarily jobbers, but they're, I don't know, the next level up. A, a sort of, you know, rather than local competitors, you're sort of Lutheran Serpentico types, right? And one part of the match... Uh, I don't know, let's say Topenico hits some sort of jawbreaker. I'm getting to a spot where basically Keith Lee is down, leaning against the bottom rope, a la a bit similar to this positioning in that Jericho match. And Swerve, seeing his opportunity, goes, I want to do exactly what I did and make him lose this bloody match. I'm going to jump the barricade and twat him with, I think it was a belt he hit him with, whatever. But actually, Keith Lee's intelligent and has planned this spot meticulously. So as Swerve goes to hit him, he just spins around and grabs him. And he's got him now. Because the, Keith Lee, it's felt like the whole time, has just sort of gone, God, that was a bit annoying. You know, he tried to murder me with a cinder block. Yeah. God, that's a bit annoying. He cost me that match against Jericho. And I know wins and losses are less important than they were, but they certainly still matter in this universe. Um, yeah, it just feels like... They're like, oh, bloody swerve. Anyway, onto this tag team. So he just like, it's like he almost doesn't care as much as he needs to for this feud that 
we're repeating ourselves, you say on an almost weekly basis, should have been blown off months ago. Yeah, it's just wild, this. You can't believe in it. You don't anticipate it. For everything you've just said, Wilborn, it's a great point. Like, too often, Tony Khan will have a match in mind, procrastinate, like, terribly, and then wait until a pay-per-view to do it. That's one thing from a promotional perspective because you theoretically deepen the emotional investment, deepen, deepen, deepen the anticipation. Now, it feels like it's ages away because I'm falling ears. <laughs> and then they do it, and it feels like a good long-term story. It makes no sense, as you say, Will, one, from a character perspective. It's mm. one thing for the booker to say, I'm going to put this off. I'm going to wait for this because it's... You know, people can say it's a long-term story, and people are besotted with that, even though CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston happened. But it makes no sense from a character perspective. You should be baying for this guy's blood. Mm. And I know Keith Lee might not be the best example because his character, and he's come out, in fact, on Talk is Jericho, and said, like, one of the reasons why he hated the Bearcat was, like, I'm just, that's not me. Mm. I'm a very easygoing guy, but the thing with my character is that when you push me and push me and push me, that's when I respond. Surely a cinder block to the chest. He should have come out and ragdolled Swerve Strickland all out of the shop. The second he came back, Strickland narrowly escapes this complete battering, runs his mouth because he's overconfident and he can't not do anything else. And then at the next available Dynamite special or pay-per-view, they have the match. Yeah. It wasn't the go-home rampage before Revolution, which admittedly needed no more matches. Um, Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee versus Swerve and Parker. Oh, maybe, yeah. That's when they decided to get rid of the Mogul affiliates because Parker was so green. Right. Why has nothing happened between then and now? And why do I feel like nothing's going to happen in a singles match between now and double? This feud feels fake, as you say. Like, you should, like from a character motivation perspective, this feud is meaningless and without heft and without credibility or realism. I was just looking there. Uh, it's not a fair comparison because they kept going, and I think it was all out where they arguably should have dropped the titles to the acclaimed if they'd called an audible or whatever. But they were tax Swerve and Our Glory were tagging at last year's double or nothing. Mm -hmm. Now there was no clues to a split then. But there might have been like tiny ones. He kind of mm. knew from the almost from the start yeah. that it wasn't destined, but like no only like Easter eggs foreshadowing, no genuine animosity between the two guys yet. Like if you'd have said to me at double or nothing last year, at next year's double or nothing, those two are gonna fight, I'd have said, Oh right, so presumably they what dropped the titles at the start of last uh, start of next year? No, no, no. Around All Out, around yeah. a few weeks after All Out, they're going to realize, ah, we should have done it on the night with the acclaim. We'd do it in the end. If you had said to me at full gear when the walkout happened, these two guys are going to fight at r double or nothing, I'd say, yeah, that sounds like Tony Khan. <laughs> definitely at this point sounds like, like, what is he waiting for? Yeah. How many times has he has to learn this lesson? I will say that I think it was Fightful who reported that they are looking into, mm, they've this, yeah. listened to, to this very glaring, like, criticism that at this point can't be ignored of just not allowing hot or prominent acts to cool off or go away. Like, where are the House of Black? Yeah. Is it, you could sit here and list 10 more things, whether they, you come in and you go, okay, feels like there's a bit of momentum here but behind this team. Six weeks later, yeah, where just, are they? He's just signed Jay White and Roddy Strong. Like someone met like Stu Grayson. Remember that? Oh, yeah. He came back. And he can't believe in them as baby faces. He comes back. He says, I'm here because the first run didn't go that well. I'm determined to be the wrestler I think I can be and beat up John Moxley. And he loses to John Moxley and then disappears. It's just eating. He's just. I wish this fucking industry had an off-season. Yes. So I wouldn't feel fatigued by it on a really personal, selfish level. And two, so that you can have a break and then just spend some of that break watching your product, really paying attention to the continuity you've established, 
deciding what I want to do in the long term mm. and not get... She always succumbs to the moment. Oh, that was a great performance. I have to sign that person. Or, ooh, I really like that performance. You can be on the show next week. Like, he's so impulsive. He's weird, Tony Khan. I still think he's very good at what he does. I used to think he was a genius, but I kind of think those days have gone. There's two extremes to Tony Khan, and if you just met in the middle at times, it would be so much better. He's either one of those patient people alive when it comes to how long he wants a story to go, or he's so impulsive that he's like, oh, I like Commander, and I like Vic Go. Oh, let's put them on the same show. Let's put them on weeks up, like within each other, even yeah. though one's clearly going to outclass the other because he's a bit better at this, and they're very similar stylistically. But I just like them both. Impressed by them both. Let's put them on the show. It's like, take a breath. And then hurry up at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's just bizarre. It's, it's fascination with Action Andretti. Like that's, oh, it's, not, it's not the flavor of the month now, so we'll go somewhere else with, with this. I just don't understand why Action Andretti, the 2004 New Metal album, just, he was a great device to further something with Jericho. He was obviously very green. He's obviously working a style that's kind of going out of fashion. It's obviously not ready as a TV act. Why? Why have I watched so many three and a half star <laughs> 2019 flip matches on Rampage with him in just for this now? Mm. Like, if you go back, there's so many examples in AEW this year and last where it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing that for? What purpose is this actually serving? And then you say, oh, I know we're listening to criticisms about how to, how not to cool off wrestlers. It's like, stop getting obsessed with new ones. That report happening, and I love Roderick Strong. His best work is unbelievable. Yeah. It's like the way he chains together his sequences. It's like video game stuff in the best way. Um, You can't sign Roderick Strong and then tell me that you're going to focus on all of your acts <laughs> in the same week for me to believe it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this match though that does actually look really mouthwatering on paper. Ricky Starks and Sean Spears versus Bullet Club Gold, the Bang Bang Gang, whatever they're calling themselves. Jay White and Juice Robinson. Uh, presumably, this leads to Jay White and Ricky Starks at a double or nothing. Yes, of course. And I think that match would be great. You've got a really emotional, impulsive wrestler like Starks against a really calculated chess player. Like, I think it's... I just wish it wasn't bogged down with Spears. and um, Not that I think he bogs things down in and of himself. I think he's good. I'm going to praise him imminently. I just mean he's a he's a tertiary player. Mm. This, is an, this is a company in storylines full of tertiary, ultimately irrelevant players who just take away from the focus. Um, and I love the dynamic of Starks and Ricky White. You've got, again, a really wildly emotional, impulsive guy whose entire arc during the Team Taz title pursuit and then failure was he was just so desperate, mm. so impulsive that he made errors and Hobbs got pretty upset with him and then that was all gone. Um, they, they always failed to win the tag team titles. And then you've got Jay White, who was just so calculated, cold, shrewd, I think it's a. I think in ring it could be magic, but I don't understand why all of this is happening in and around it. I'll tell you one thing, right? One, I, I don't usually like to talk about the discourse, but I think it's a salient point. Have they cooled off Jay White too much? Does he feel like just another guy already? Does someone with his pedigree from New Japan Pro Wrestling, like he's not a Carter, but accomplishments wise for his age wise, he's the he's in storylines, he's an Akada-sized figure, and you would not book Akada like this in AEW, or at least it would be a promotional malpractice if you did. People are complaining. Oh, he's on Rampage already. You're going to have to do something on Rampage. Yeah. Like, you can't have an Action Andretti headlining it every single week. So <laughs> I do understand why he's on Rampage, and I think this match will be really good. Like, I think Sean Spears and Jay White can do something really clever um, and intricate and dramatic together. So I understand why Spears is in and around Jay White, because I think in the ring they could do some really nice, Absolutely. crafted 
well-crafted stuff. Um, win for the Bullet Club Golds. Spears takes it. Obviously, you're not pinning Starks. Starks and his uncool mates is another development I could do without. Yes. Andretti. Like Sean Spears isn't cool. Like he's the 10 guy, or he's the guy in the pinnacle who is really funny because he thinks he's cool, but he's not. He's a cool guy. You can't imagine. Like it's Starks was infinitely cooler when he was hanging around with Hobbs. Yeah. And who like infinitely cooler. So like, it makes a little bit of sense because Sean Spears is the 10 guy and Ricky Starks is a 10. But, <laughs> but that aside. You should call him the 10s. You should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 as much as I love Sean Spears, he's in this match to take pinfall. Yeah. And that's it's procrastination. Mm. There's no emotional, I'm really into this stuff. There's so much of this in AW at the minute. So much dithering. It's like. I saw um, a tweet this morning, and it was one of those engagement member berries things. Like, remember this? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, give us a thousand likes. I've got a great tweet for later. It's WWE draft tonight. I'm going to share that photo of the uh, WWE locker room saying, oh, pretty stacked this. I'm not sure if anyone's seen it before that picture, but uh, it's up there with. Have you ever seen the promo where uh, Samoa Joe, like, um, tests some stuff? That needs to be shared. Who, who made this? So this, <laughs> so this member Berry's thing. What was I talking about? Sorry, I completely bulldozed that point. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> I completely forgot. I'm completely lost. <laughs> you dickhead! What have you done to me? Sean Spears, Ricky Starks. Oh, Sean Spears! Hang on, we'll get this. We'll get back on track. Yeah, we'll get this train back on the tracks. It's gone. We'll come back to it. I won't. It's dead. <laughs> you can't remember what I was talking about. It's a terrible podcasting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Um, <laughs> the acclaimed address the people tonight, Sige. What's going can't, on with can't them? Get past this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They've had this adventure, mm-hmm. this mini adventure with the JAS. It was, uh, then the match was, uh, and it's uh, it's all over. Which tag teams are left? <laughs> They're on ROH. Do they want the 
tag tiles back or not? Are they not bothered? I don't think so. I mean, well, I realise that, that we, we're going to FTR and Triple J. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you'd, so you're doing that. That's uh, used to be better, right? Um, like they should be. The words should leave their mouths because it makes sense for their characters to want them back. But then people might interpret that as, oh, we're going to get FTR versus the acclaimed a double or nothing. And any wrestling promoter rightly doesn't want people to project things onto their company into manifest things if they've got no plans for them, so they don't even want to tease. So they need to say, we've got something to say, and I not even mention the titles. I get it. And then they get interrupted by who is the question. Just thought I'd have thought, actually. Yes, all right, you got FTR and Triple J for the tag titles. The acclaimed are three people. House of Black doing anything at Double or Nothing as it stands? I don't want Daddy Ass on pay-per-view. I'm just putting it out there. Oh, no. Daddy Ass and Brody King getting into it. Nah, doesn't fit the remit for me. Look, everything in AEW is a story. Too many bloody stories, if anything. <laughs> story, story, story. Give me my fixtures. At this point, with the House of Black and with the trios division, I just want spectacular action. I just want it. And I don't think Daddy Az can do spectacular action in 2023. So I don't know what you do with the acclaimed at this point. You put them in a grudge program, but against whom I've no idea. Yeah. But Kingdom? I really like the Kingdom. I so really I'm like just, the Kingdom. I'm just book them in stuff now. But the Kingdom have already had a match with the acclaimed. It yeah. main event at Rampage, and it was, it was just there, realistically. Yeah, I don't... I'm just trying to think off the top of my head somewhere we can just haul him in there. Lucha Bros, baby faces, ROH tag team champions. Top flight injured. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus, as much as they'd be fun, are busy with... It'd be a really great tag team. Yeah. Because um, they were who we picked initially for FTR, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, obviously they're doing stuff with... Butcher and the Blade versus the Acclaimed. The promo battles will be... Oh, yeah. They'll be fun. They'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I just... It, it's one of those ones where... And it's not really the Acclaimed's fault... But it's like they had that amazing moment at All Out. They subsequently get the tag titles. You could do angles that normally we would have buried for AEW because we hold them to a higher standard than WWE. I feel like we always have to say that. Um, but they got away with it because they were the acclaimed and they sort of yeah, can yeah. do that. And now it feels like almost they just go, just go out there and say you're the acclaimed and that'll do. It feels like there's no... Mm -hmm. There was no plan after they dropped the tag titles, which was a weird, abrupt thing to get them onto a heel team to put it back on a babyface team for FTR down the road. Right, I'm 37. I think a lot of the AEW fans are 37-year-old blokes <laughs> who just didn't like WWE for about 20 years, and then they've got the wrestling back, okay? I'm grown up. If FTR just beat the acclaimed... Yeah. ...and shook hands after... I wouldn't go, uh, FTR, just beat my baby faces. I don't like them anymore. I'm adult. Say to ourselves, a lot of silly bother with this tag team title division, in my opinion. And uh, Dax Harwood turning heel on bloody Twitter. And you could have a, like, show that FTR can have a bit of patter. Have, like, Max Caster say the, ooh, the things we're not supposed to say, or have a little pop at them doing the, the podcast and then stopping doing the podcast. You know, like, just give it a bit of... yeah. You know, I, I'm not always a huge fan of babyface versus babyface things, but it does make sense because it was like, it wasn't like, well, the gun club have bested the acclaimed and now who can best them? Oh, thank goodness, here comes FTR. The gun club were little twats oh. and just it was such a blatantly obvious thing of what they were trying to do here and they just expected us to swallow it and be like, well, in the grand scheme of things, that's where we've kind of got to go. So, yeah, it's just going to be, yeah, just some sort of... I'd, I'd put a... No, so I'm not going to say that. I was going to say I'd put a fair amount of money on whatever the Acclaimed do. It's not going to make it onto the pay-per-view card. But then it's also the Acclaimed. And like I said, to be fair to them, if they were booked better, they can get almost anything over. They could go get threatening to cut off another man's nipples as a babyface move. And I think Tony Khan knows this. Mm. They can't have the titles all of the time, and maybe this is their lot. They do lightweight stuff. Maybe people don't want the acclaim to do too much, too many earnest things, and... 
I, I don't know where you go after they have the titles. All of this stuff would be really fun if they were on the come up, but they're not now. So where do you go? You don't take them in a more serious direction. No one really wants that. There's no there's, need to split daddy ass from them, even yeah. though it's an obvious thing to change the story. And there's like a limit to how much lightweight stuff you can do. Maybe the guns will come back and finish the story. We also hear from the outcasts tonight, because God forbid we have more than one women's match. So instead of a squash match for a Soraya or whoever it may be, they're going to come out. It feels Is that like, a women's match booked? Yes, Anna Jay versus Ashley. I'm going to butcher this. Damboise. So it's going to go like four minutes. Yeah. Two and a half of which are I'd hard, break. hard break. <laughs> yep, cool. Uh, Anna Jay will win that one, incidentally. The outcasts will talk about... Nothing's happening with this story. No. And see, well, and I, I tell a lie. They beat up, they beat up uh, Brit, obviously. Yeah. But it does feel like they've So gone... basically, the beat of the story is they've attacked... They've given Britt Baker a black eye. They've injured Jamie Hayter. They could say something like, we're going to finish the job. Oh, you're big for your boots. Well, we've already done this to you and this to you, and soon we're going to finish the job and then do some matches and fucking get over this. It's not very good. We're well, a month away from effective. double or nothing. Aye. We need to be. I don't really. I know you, we've sort of been around this a few times now. The closer we get, what are you settling on in terms of like Anakin in the arena, blood and guts, and because you've got the you've got the elite storyline along with BCC yeah. as well. I got scared because. Can you make a, a post-show promo after the main event of Dynamite this week where he's saying, oh, you know, it's all in character. And he said, Tony Khan, we've given the inmates the keys to the asylum. They keep sneaking up on us from behind. What would happen if we were locked up together? So that he's basically teasing blood and guts. And I'm thinking, well, do Anakin in the arena first because I, that's what I'm, that's at this point really what I'm watching Double Nothing for. I've enjoyed recently the interplay between MGF and Sammy, but I'm I'm not watching it to think that Sammy Darby or Jack Perry are winning the no. world title because I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I'm watching this. I'm buying this pay-per-view if I'm buying it for the BCC versus the Elite. That's going to be anarchy in the arena. And this outcast stuff, I'm so bored. Again, why, does Tony Khan change his storytelling model? Or the pay-per-view schedule. It feels like three to four months, far too long. Every single mm. time. And then it gets really good, usually, or better, three or four weeks before. And then we have these same angles between every AEW pay-per-view cycle where nothing meaningfully advances. I've got what I want to happen tonight with this. It's a low bar. What I'd like to happen is further development of the story, but I'm not anticipating it. Not moving mountains on rampage, and what I think is going to happen, and uh, both probably no one of them might excite you. What I'd like to happen is they come out tonight and they go, "We're killing the game here. We're running this show. We've like you say, taken out the world champion Britt Baker's dead, and on Dynamite next week we're going to unveil a new member of the Outcasts just to keep that story rolling forward." Okay, what I actually think is going to happen is they're going to say, "Yeah, well, it wasn't it great what we did," and We've got some good news. We've got some new merch. And it's the picture of Britt Baker's face that they yeah. put all over socials. You know what? At this point, people kind of hate Soraya. She got loads of heat in Pittsburgh. People love Jamie Hayter. Right? She's awesome, and she gets pops everywhere she goes. Can you not do Soraya versus Jamie Hayter? The idea being that's a nice, clean symbols match. There's not tertiary characters all over the place. And... There's a lot of anxiety because people think they might go with Soraya. And it's a good, tense program. Mm. That moves forward a bit. A bit annoyed that... Uh, what with AEW, yes. No, but that former Naomi, now Trinity Fartu, has gone to Impact. Weird, that. There's a, st a story there. I don't know what's going on. But uh, they must have tried, surely would have moved heaven and earth to try and get her. Not Even quite heaven and earth, if we're being honest. Well, yeah. Could have tried hard. Yeah. Um, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. It's a 
So get, it's it's just bizarre. That's what is going on there. Do you think like I was thinking about this completely just annihilated their budget to get her? Well, I was thinking the other way round, and this is all this is complete speculation for me. I should say that I don't know anything. Actually, I should just say that. How many of every truly podcast. classic Naomi matches have you watched in years and years and years and years? Yeah, I remember. No, I remember one. But then it's the thing: how many opportunities did she have? Too few, considering how mm. over she was. In my opinion, I would at least give her a shot. On it, yeah, I would for have, God's uh, sake, it's Naomi. She was so over. The excitement around her w- winning that title back that she had to drop at WrestleMania and the, the Royal Rumble moment that we always yeah. go back to. So she does cut through the discourse, but maybe I, I thought. It could just be a, a, a sort of power play on Naomi's part of Trinity Fati or whatever you want to, you know. Trinity She's gone to Impact to keep keep those reps going, right? Just a regular weekly thing or whatever, and have some great matches, Jordan Grace, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, people like that in in Impact. It's not they're not it's not a bad roster, but um, maybe it's one of hers of like if I go there, that kills six months. And after six months. You've got TV deal money. Like, WWE will have new TV deal money, so she could negotiate a better contract there yeah, yeah, yeah. or play off that and get a better one in AEW. So maybe it's not the case. Maybe AEW said, yeah, we'll give you what you want, and she's gone, it's no, a, I'll, I'll a, call you back. It's a risk in the impact graveyard, like. Yeah. It's a risk. It can so quickly become normalized. Yeah. Um, finally, we have uh, another singles match involving... Uh, two teams are going to fight for the tag titles at the pape. Uh, I'm talking, of course, of Triple J and FTR. This time, you know, obviously we had Dax versus Jeff Jarrett on uh, Dynamite. And on Rampage, we get Cash Wheeler versus Jay Lethal. Do you think Triple J can do the double? Well, this is a no good can come of this situation, right? If Cash Wheeler wins, the program between Planet Jarrett and FTR has gone 50-50. And you've left yourself in a position where the challengers have got have got a flawed case to say, well, we've got a title match now, let's do the ranking system. The challengers have got a now flawed case. Jared can say, I'll be Dax. But then Cash will say, oh, well, I'll be Jay. All right, cool, one, one, let's all go home. <laughs> no one's really happy. It's like a draw in the Premier League where it's like, oh, could have got three points there, but yeah. whatever. Right. Or in the other scenario, Jay Lethal beats Cash and then the both have been pinned through shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And yet that's not good either. It's so fed. It's so modern day like Vince f- fried head. <laughs> like just scorching every lobe in there. Well, I think that's the thing is I often come to you with these booking things and you say that's just straight out of WWE because that's all I remember. So I I think the latter is going to happen, what you said there. I think you're right. I think Jay beats Cash. And you've pinned both the tag team champions. But as yet again, with shenanigans, with Satnam Singh, with Sanjay Dutt, with Jeff Jarrett again getting involved They've in this. They've been banned from ringside before. Oh, God. I've had a chance to talk They've about that on Thursday. They've come back. They've been banned from ringside before. Right. And then... They've had more matches where they've done it. Like Tony Khan knows what to expect. You can't just ban them every two months. Well, this is the thing. This, this is stupid. What, this is what I'm getting to. So <laughs> it's another uh, <laughs> uh, nothing good from can come from this. To steal your phrase, they're going to bury the refs again. <laughs> they're going to say, you know what the problem problem here is? These bloody refs who keep getting distracted by a giant or Sanjay Dutton's bloody pencil or whatever. How do we f- fix this scenario? Let's make Mark Briscoe the special guest referee no, for the tag title no, match of the paper. Because no. he's the only one that can see this because he's got the old tell you head what, on a swivel and he's friends with both. Well, which side is he going to pick? Will Vaughn, I hate you so much. If there's one person, that's not only does this make a bit of sense, right? If there's one person in that entire promotion I would trust to get off one of my least pull off one of my least favorite gimmicks in all of wrestling it's Mark Briscoe I hate it so much you know what uh, <laughs> all the officials are rubbish you know what we need to correct the situation <laughs> yeah. someone who isn't a specialist yeah. uh, I'll tell you what right as an example of why this is bad 
Let's go have a good Bruce bet on that. Well, you think Mark Briscoe's going to be the special guest ref? I think he's... I think... I don't want it to happen. Okay. But let's, let's say... Not, you and I haven't had one for ages. Yeah, we, Because we think alike, because we're basically, you know, both wrestling journalists, as we often say. Right. <laughs> I remember, right? Uh, revolution. Yeah. And the week after, I was like, Jesus Christ, Kenny Omega's awesome. Mm-hmm. Look at what he... And I'm not saying Brody King was a passenger... But look what Kenny Omega has done to get the most out of Brody King. Brody King's sort of, you know, been class. Mm. But it's Kenny's so good that he's made Brody King look like a monster. And then we get to this weird scenario where after the JAS unsuccessfully pursue the trio's titles, we have Brody King versus Daniel Garcia one week. He loses. Then we get Brody King versus Jake Hager the next week. He wins and he just disappears. <laughs> yeah. I remember at the time saying when Brody King was the only person in AEW in the last month, and there were about eight of them, to take a weapon shot and it wasn't just a near fall. Mm. I was like, oh, it's weird. Casty can take that, but Brody King can't. I'm sure it won't matter. And it has mattered because the House of Black, of all the momentum and buzz has gone. Tighten up and focus, Tony. Yeah. You are losing the plot. Uh, before we finish up, have you remembered what the member berries thing was? No, can you? No. <laughs> it was in my head. We were talking about Jay White, uh-huh. and there was a... Remember this that I'd seen? When you mentioned the draft for some reason. It completely <laughs> threw me for a loop, and then I'm... F- and I'm f***ed. I'm f***ed in the head. <laughs> well... If we think of it, we'll jump back in and add this to the end of the podcast. Or you could go back. Yeah, we'll, oh, we'll do that. No, we won't. Yeah, we can. I think I, we've got the we've got the, we I'll have the technology. You promised me a new feature as well. Oh bollocks! Yeah, right. Where are, where's your head today? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll play a sound effect. We'll use that as time to go back in time and remember what the member berries thing was, and then we'll come back, and there's a new feature, and then we'll we'll wrap up. How about that? Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll be back after these messages. Hey! We're back, and Sid has remembered it. Yes, I've remembered it. I'm delighted, right? But how are you feeling about the draft tonight? Shut the f*** up, Wilborn! <laughs> yeah! So, right. I have been... Annoyed recently, okay, where in these situations where it's like, right, okay, this this week's was kind of a rule proven exception exception because Roderick Strong, where why are these four people teaming together when they don't really like each other and it's can they coexist and all the rest of it, okay? And uh, I don't know how this actually relates to Jay White, <laughs> but we'll get onto it. I was talking about just tertiary players. That was it. Just and just people randomly associated with others and Sean Spears and Ricky Starks is the latest in a long line of example, right? Can you remember the Codyverse? I can. The Codyverse never left. There was one of these engagement member berries accounts on Twitter, right? And they were going, man, the Codyverse was wacky or wild or whatever. And it reminded me of a match. And it was awesome. In autumn, 20, fall, <laughs> 2021, it was Cody Rhodes and Pac uh. in the Lucha Bros. Yeah. Against Andrade. Um, Who's there by that point? No. Andrade, FTR. Oh, Remember yeah. when the... MGF paid Andrade to do something, and even though you had the pinnacle, yeah. FTR Andrade and someone else. Mm-hmm. It was like this eight-man tag. Google the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I missing? Malachi Black? Was it? Oh, yeah. But Malachi Black and Andrade were mates. It was Malachi, yeah. God, that's a weird graphic to look at now. Do you know how at the time, in late 2021, we were thinking... What's going on with this Codyverse? <laughs> why are these matches happening? Why do the people, why do the characters involved care about this? It's all very shoehorned. 
convoluted. Mm. And I think the general reaction to all of this was, huh? <laughs> uh, the action's great, but in terms of why are you paying him off when you've already got them? Mm. Okay, they're now teaming with him. What's MGF got to do with this again? <laughs> what? That was the Codyverse. Yeah. The Codyverse is now... It's The Codyverse is the main thing in AEW, and the AEWverse <laughs> is this other stuff that's just going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith Lee and Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy and Bandido. What? <laughs> And then you've got Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. And the acclaimed are yeah. an eight-man dragon. Can they coexist? <laughs> and Chris Jericho's not really bothered about getting the acclaimed in there, which is weird because it's a cloud vampire, so he should be bothered, but he's never really on-screen expressed this, even though it appears that 2.0 are doing his bidding, even though he's never said anything. What? <laughs> then you've got FTR having a tug-of-war with Planet Jarrett over Mark Briscoe, who's going to cost me a cup of coffee, it looks like. <laughs> What? <laughs> Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Oh, Tony Khan's forgot that they were mates. <laughs> so you don't see. So Keith Lee's not coming out to save him, but it's all right because I've just signed another wrestler. <laughs> it's Roderick Strong. It's the AEW verse. It's just this little thing. The Cody verse lives on. Yeah. The Cody verse is what AEW is now. And I think I finally nailed down. And this is better long-term storytelling across this podcast. Yeah. Because at least unlike Tony Khan, I remembered in the end. Yeah. Where the thread was, where the string was. A bit of sellotape. Yeah, I was going to ask you there. What's the difference between the uh, What Culture Wrestling podcast and Cody Rhodes? We finish the story. <laughs> he should be the champion as well. All North American wrestling at the minute sucks. What's your new feature? <laughs> Hang on, do you, the, do you want the gimmick? Yeah. Oh, come on. It's time to play the game. How can we make the Rampage preview more interesting? I think we just nailed it. Yeah, we have. have. Legends. (laughs) Let's fantasy book a really good match for Dynamite. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what's... uh, He does this sometimes, Tony Khan, where he'll only uh, announce two matches for Dynamite. And then on a rampage, he will announce more of the card. I had a great idea. And I'm not just manifesting this because Matt Reigns is going to Baltimore more and attending AEW Live. Ah. Apparently it's the last last chance. I saw that, yeah. I'm not surprised. It's time to play the game. Maybe Punk will return the favour and she'll be backstage tonight. What headlined? AEW Dynamite, the last time Baltimore came to town. AEW came to Baltimore town. <laughs> uh, Your three guesses. Danielson? No. You can infer from the fact that we're playing the game, Willborn, and that it's Matt Reigns giving it one last shot that it was pretty rubbish. Oh, see, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking the last time he went, it was great, and now this time, he's he like, oh, it doesn't compare. Yeah, he went to full gear 2019, and then, what? The main <laughs> event of a 2022 Dynamite in Baltimore. I can't believe they did this. Do you look, you're on the computer. I'm on the, I'm on the roster page. For, oh, right. Uh, for oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, yes he is. Uh, Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy in action. It, imagine the main event, Matt Hardy in action, and it's against some Baltimore Harmon Egger. <laughs> I don't know, what was it? It was. For the unified ROH Women's Championship. <laughs> Diona Parazzo making her one and only appearance in AEW. Versus Mercedes Martinez. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> but I've got... Bye, Matt. But, <laughs> bye, Matt. That's, and that's what AEW will be saying to him 
if they don't deliver this match, which I think is going to be very good, okay? Not only will this be a good match, I'm not going to say, oh, it's going to be Omega versus Daniel Sir. No, because no, I'm no, realistic. No. Come on, realistic. And the main event angle of Dynamite last week, Danielson was, that's not bad, Kenny. You've got potential. As if, like, mm. like Kenny's uh, achievements probably rival Danielson's in this game and all the rest of it. So it's good heat. It's a good bit. What if Danielson, in a pre-tape promo, throws out a challenge to Kenny Omega? Oh, my God. Not on his own behalf. But he says, you know, Kenny, been watching you from the far. You know, I would have beat you at a Grand Slam if it was going to go longer than an hour, I think, uh, half an hour. I think we all know that. I think you've got a lot of potential. And our young boy, Wheeler Utah, has got a lot of potential too. So let's put you two together and see who the next breakout wrestler is. Love that. The idea being that he just thinks, pretending that Kenny's an amateur and Utah's got a long way to go, but he's a prodigy. So if he can... That's good heel stuff, yeah. that good build for a match. It's a different way of doing stable mate versus stable mate in the rival stable. So, Matt Reigns, hopefully I've manifested that for you. And the AW fans at large, because yeah. I think everyone would want to see that. Uh, if not, I'm scrolling through the page now. You tell me when to stop. You mean we're between one and four, and then we'll do it twice, and that's the match we're booking. Stop. Three. Adam Cole. Promising. Okay. Versus. Stop. Two. Kanosuke Takeshita. Right, awesome. <laughs> okay. Sweet. Nailed it. Yeah. Tony, you can hire us anytime you want. Yeah. My, our system is perfect by the looks of this. Yes. Actually, any of those would have been quite fun. That, an entire row. Yeah. Adam Cole versus Kanosuke Takeshita. If you'd gone one, Adam Cole versus Commander. Three, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Great, get them back yeah. together. Four, Adam Cole versus Lance Archer. <laughs> oh, I, I still think they should do that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, that was a surprisingly a lot yeah. of fun. Rampage. Don't rampage is tonight. Let us know your thoughts ahead of it on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, the SmackDown preview is available right now. And WrestleCulture with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz is coming your way a little bit later on today. Uh, but for now, this has been the Rampage Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.